nope. Without further ado, I would like to introduce to you our guest for this afternoon. Um, he's actually a jam-packed pastor. He's a... Let me tell you his responsibilities first, and you'll be surprised because it's quite a lot. So our guest for today, this afternoon, is Senior Pastor of Real Life Christian Communities in San Pedro, Laguna. Quite far, yes. Laguna Basha. So he's also the Site Director of Global Leadership Summit Manila. He's the National Marketing Director of Global Leadership Summit Philippines and the Regional Marketing Director of Global Leadership Summit International. He is a leader, a preacher, a teacher, communicator, mentor, and coach. And his passion is in spiritual formation and leadership development. Ladies and gentlemen, Save Radio family, please welcome Pastor Bong Bailon. Hello, Pastor. Hi there, Louise. Hello. It's so nice to have you. Thank you so much for giving time and, you know, traveling all the way from San Pedro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's quite a far. <laughs> so thank you very much for uh, coming in. And we know now you're kind of tired because it's a... Did you preach today? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm, but it's okay. I'm it's fine. Okay. Mm, I'm still young. I'm still young. <laughs> so, Pastor, let's uh, get down to it. So, I can see that you're swamped with so many responsibilities as a senior pastor, as a director, marketing director, regional marketing director. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. So, how do you manage to juggle everything? Well, first of all, Siguro, let me clarify that, uh, you know, I mean, all those titles can be misleading, you know, but actually I just have uh, three important uh, domains that I'm basically busy in. Mm -hmm. And the first one is, of course, my church, which is Real Life Christian Communities. Uh, but then GLS, of course, is another domain. Uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, I have roles there, but basically they are, they are overlapping roles. Mm -hmm. Like since I'm the uh, you know regional marketing director, so You're obviously yeah, then I'm national. They're all the same. It's just like you know zeroing one from because it's one track, you know. And then of course I'm uh, part of the faculty of the International Graduate School of Leadership. IGSL. Yes, okay. yes. So that wasn't here anyway. <laughs> that's additional, that's additional maybe, responsibility. Yeah, I thought of putting it there, but I guess you know that may be too much. <laughs> Okay, so Pastor, we'd love we'd love to hear your testimony. Get short, lang. Just mm -hmm. Can you? How did you come to know the Lord? Well, that's uh, you know uh, when I was uh, before I reached the age of twenty-two. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a long time ago. That's <laughs> centuries ago. Um, well, I, I used to live a, a life na talagang typically, di ba? If you're a young person, you're just um, you don't have any direction, you're doing all kinds of stuff, and st you know, and you don't know the Lord, of course, and so therefore your, your life is just messed up, right? right? So my life was messed up, and one of the things that, uh, you know, that was really part of my angst, if you may say so, is that, you know, I, f I felt like, you know, there's got to be more in the life, and I was trying to make it work, but it was not working, and uh, the last straw, if I may call it that, was when I applied as a steward in an airline, mm -hmm. and uh, I almost made it, uh, but at the last uh, minute, uh, one of the interviewers, you know, the managers asked me, uh, well, Bong, you know, are, are you, you know, using drugs or something? And I was not thinking at that time. At that time, I was into that because I, was, I didn't know the Lord. So I basically said with all honesty, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I lost the, that okay. opportunity and that went downhill from there and I realized that my life was not working out and uh, 
that was when I became really open and seeking the Lord. And uh, it was through a, rage, uh, a TV program, actually. Mm -hmm. Can I mention it? Yes, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, 700 Club. Yes, okay. And that's uh, how I came to know the Lord. And my testimony, actually, is on 700 Club. They usually mm -hmm. show it during Holy Week, I think. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's also found in YouTube. So okay. my story is like Very that. So, yeah. so from being um, a drug addict to... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing Duterte was not yet the president at yeah, that time. <laughs> he wouldn't have you here, Pastor. Correct, yeah. So it's um, a blessing. Yeah. yeah, it is a blessing. Mm. And it, it's a blessing to, you know, hear your testimony, kahit na short lang siya. Sure. So let's go to your role as a senior pastor. Mm -hmm. How did you become the senior pastor of Real Life Christian Communities? Well, my wife and I, we planted that particular church way back in uh, 1997. Mm -hmm. or even earlier than that, we were meeting but officially it was 1997 mm -hmm. and we are celebrating 20 years after this coming yeah, December oh thanks uh, uh, just send a gift no I'm just kidding okay. <laughs> wait <on po. laughs> after the interview so anyway um, yeah my wife and I together with four other couples we uh, we were meeting as a small group and we, we were kind of lost we were like you know the Israelites you know <laughs> wandering in the desert <laughs> wow. we, we did not really know where we were going but eventually uh, after much prayer we realized that uh, God was leading us to this place in San Pedro uh, only one of the couples actually lived in San Pedro all of us the four other couples were living elsewhere in different places throughout Metro Manila so actually our group was a bit weird because we were meeting in each other's house and you're talking about, you know, Taguig, Las Piñas, that kind of thing. So <laughs> it's not the kind of thing like you're meeting in Green Hills, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we were going around. So we got tired of it and said, you know, this is not working out. We should really pray to the Lord. Anyway, so we eventually ended up in San Pedro, Laguna. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, fast forward, uh, that's how the church started with, uh, you know, five couples dre dreaming and thinking that maybe there could be more about the church than just, you know, sitting in pews and lines and mm -hmm. That's why our name is Real Life Christian Communities. It's plural, you know, if you notice that. We don't, we don't call ourselves Real Life Christian Community. community yes. Yeah. So because we, you know, as early as we can, you know, we, I can remember, we had this ethos or this vision that we, we should have a church that is not just focused on watching a person, you know, perform in front. But rather, we should create a dynamic or an atmosphere where there are real communities. Of, yeah, and, touching lives yeah, outside the church. Yeah, but more than that, it's authenticity, authentic relationships, life-giving relationships. And not just superficial like, hi, hello, you know. Mm. But real, you know, there's soul conversations. Yeah. and uh, So we were dreaming about that because we, we, most of us in that group came from other places where it's more like sitting down and, you know, listening through the whole service and you know, hallelujah and you know, amen and then going home. And we just felt like, no, this is not right. This is not the way God wanted the church to be. Mm -hmm. So that prompted us to pursue a deeper, uh, different kind of vision. Different track. Yeah, different track. Um, when you say different track, you're talking about in, in what way are you different from the usual church that well, we have like right now. Well, you know, maybe perhaps on the outside we may look like we're the same because <laughs> we also have services. Yes. But uh, really, the the soul or the heart of our church would be our communities, and uh, right now we have six of them. Mm -hmm. And each community actually is, uh, you know, is organized like a church. You know, it has its own lay leadership, uh, you know, that manages and oversees that community, mm -hmm. and they have small groups within that community and. They're basically empowered to make a lot of decisions on their own. They're, they're, we don't, we're not top-down in, in our organization. So, so we basically encourage communities to form uh, based on different uh, you know, bonding kind of uh, 
uh, factors. It could be same uh, age, or it could be same place, or it could be same profession. You know? So we're, we're thinking along those lines. And when we say community, we, we limit that, of course. You know, mm-hmm. as you well know, a typical small church is about forty to sixty people. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's the you know the ideal size. Yeah. If you go beyond that, then the relationships break down. Yes. That's why in a big church it's really very hard to do that. Mm-hmm. So what we have done is that we have you know uh, capitalized on that idea. That why would we we just co- com- uh, maintain the size of the community to so, maybe about? You know. So, Pastor, you're talking about how many people in one community? Well, it depends. There are some com- small communities, and there are some larger. There are 80 people in a community, or maybe there are. Uh, 25 to 30 in a community, so uh, different sizes depending on their journey okay. together. Mm-hmm. So what we do is, is basically we uh, provide the leadership for that, just provide the, the guidance, you know. Uh, and you oversee everything because it's yeah. hard if you just leave them by themselves. Yeah, oversee but not really control. Yes, so yes. we so we still yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. So so you're talking about different communities and you're talking about church in the context of a community. So, what do you think is the greatest need of the church today? Well, for me, uh, for me, the, the church. The, when you say church, all right, there is there is a essential component of what the church is. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just added cream, you know. Like everything else is just you know icing on the cake. Right, right. The, the essentials would be three things. One is discipleship. Mm-hmm. There ought to be an environment where people are being mentored and all of that. They're right. growing in their faith. The next one is nurturing relationships where people are, you know, connecting with each other. Mm-hmm. And then there's apostolic mission where, uh, you know, the group is engaging in something, you know, doing good works and blessing others beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. So those three things are the essential stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the place, we, we don't think that a church is a church only because it meets in a church yeah, building. A uh, okay. Building, yes. It can be anywhere. It mm-hmm. can meet under the tree, you know, for, mm-hmm. for, what, for whatever reason. Just like Jesus' time. Right. So for us, what defines a church is not, you know, like programs and stuff like that. What defines the church is those three things. Mm-hmm. So if we have three things like that going on in a group of followers, we call it a church. Now, we call it a community uh, just a different shape in terms of, you know, that we have this church, real-life Christian communities, and so we call them community. But in reality, it's a church. I, I teach church planting, and that's, yes, yeah, and that's, bas- exactly yeah, that's basically what I try to teach my students. I tell them, you know, a church, if we think of it this way, we can plant so many churches. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you just tuned in, we're talking to Pastor Bong Bailon, and um, he's actually the senior pastor of real-life Christian communities, and he's also part of the faculty of IGSL. So, yeah, welcome to the conversation. We're talking now about his life as a pastor. And uh, so, Pastor, we're talking about the church, um, the, co- the concept of real-life uh, sorry, real life Christian communities <laughs> as a church. What do you think is the biggest concern in local communities, in local church communities, that has to be addressed? Are you referring between churches or within the church itself? Within the church. Within the church. Well, within the church, of course, there's so much uh, super superficiality, if I may call it that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of you know shallowness in terms of relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. Not real, you know, being in the same place at the same time or saying hi, hello to everybody doesn't mean we have community. Exactly. All right, we, we just probably mean maybe it means we're acquainted. yeah we're polite, you know. <laughs> That's all we can. For me, uh, community happens when there's conflict. You know, and, and, and right, yeah, you know, the, the real kind of stuff where you uh, basically rub each other in the wrong way and, you know, and you become irritated with each other. That's when real community begins to happen because, uh, 
Everything else is just uh, so far up to that point, just, you know, facade, just, mm-hmm. okay, hello, hi, mm-hmm. the Christian thing. Yeah. Uh, but for me, that's the main problem in many churches. There's a shallowness and a lack of depth and a lot of sincerity in the relationships. And you would be surprised when there's conflict and there's, you know, problems like that, how it easily it disintegrates. Yes. Yes. But that's exactly where, you know, the church should really be the church. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't happen like that. So usually what happens is that they break up. Exactly. So they're just, Which is very sad. You know, too soon. <laughs> they should have worked it out because mm-hmm. then they would, have, they would be a real community. I know yeah. what you're talking about, Pastor. Mm. <laughs> yes. Okay, <laughs> let's not go too serious. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> let's talk about... But that's a very good point, Pastor Bong. Actually, mm. it, it, it does happen. And it's just so sad when they break up for... Sure, uh, yeah. Like, about very superficial reasons mm-hmm. that... And then there's, uh, there's so much competition between churches. Mm. I, I agree. I don't think that's glorifying to the Lord because uh, sometimes uh, church leaders, they want to just, you know, up one another, like, okay, I have a better church, better we, have, we have more people, and we have a programs. better building, better, better programs. All of that, I think, is a very myopic or narrow view of what God wants to happen among His people. Mm-hmm. And we are all supposed to be building up towards the kingdom Correct, of God. Yeah. No. Yeah. Very seldom do you find that kind of attitude, a more kingdom mentality. of God mentality. Like, mm-hmm. we're in this together. Let's just help each other. Let's yeah. let's cel- celebrate each other's, you know, success and victory and not mm-hmm. feel jealous or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, put down. Or put down. Or, you know, rob members, you know, like, you know. <laughs> 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 or pirate them. Or pirate them. Or okay. proselyte them, or whatever you call it, you know. <laughs> Okay, Pastor. So you're talking about community. You're talking about different work, uh, different communities in terms of what they do, their age. Do you have like youth in your church? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we have a lot of youth. In fact, uh, people have, who have visited our church uh, would typically comment that we are a very youth-oriented wow. kind of church because <laughs> we. Uh, if I would uh, estimate it, I think it, we have about more than probably seventy or eighty uh, percent youth in our That's church. A lot. Yeah. Mm-mm. And you start teaching them leadership principles. And in many different ways. Them. Yeah, in many different ways. Because leadership is really more caught than taught. Okay? So, uh, yeah, we do have, uh, you know, teachings about leadership. But mm-hmm. primarily it's by example and by modeling it mm-hmm. uh, in, all, in everything that we say and do. Is there a minimum for, in your church, mm-hmm. for somebody to be groomed in leadership? Uh, no, we, we actually uh, give leadership responsibilities as early as we can, you know. How young is early? Uh, well, as young as it could possibly be, but not, of course, maybe 12 years old, not like that. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about more in terms of their faith, you know. Mm. A, young, a young person in the Lord who is just coming to know Christ, uh, we give them responsibilities. We don't call them leaders. Mm-hmm. We just say, hey, would you like to do this, you know. It, yeah, it's it's a leadership thing, but we don't say, hey, you know, can you be a leader? You know, yeah. so we don't say that. We don't use words like that. Mm-hmm. Eventually, later on, there is going to be a formality to it, like, okay, here's so and so, he's now going to be a leader, mm-hmm. but that comes later mm-hmm. uh, through fruitfulness and faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow, awesome! Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much. I, I hope you are all listening and are learning like me, from <laughs> Pastor Bong Bailon. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pastor, um, from the church, let's move on to the GLS. Ministry, the Global Leadership Summit. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get involved with GLS? Well, uh, at first I was just attending uh, because I really wanted to become a better leader. So, uh, their their motto or their uh, tagline is, uh, you know, everyone benefits when the leader gets better. So, that caught me. So, I started mm-hmm. attending that uh, many years ago, 2007. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess I was noticed that I was always attending. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but there came a point that uh, the uh, the country convener, Pastor Philip, was, was looking for somebody to, to help him out. Right, was looking for somebody to help him out. Sorry about that. And uh, you know, I was, you know, I was there. I, I heard about it. You know, some, they announced it at IGSL. Who would like to help Pastor Philip? I said, me. Okay. So, <laughs> to make the long story short, I became involved. And uh, by the way, let me just clarify. I'm just in charge of the, as far as being a site director, I'm just in charge of the Manila South uh, site. Manila N- South. Not Manila. Oh, okay? okay. Because we have Manila South, and then we have Manila North. Mm-hmm. Okay, Manila North is here uh, toward this direction, yeah, okay? Right, yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm not in charge of that. It's mm-hmm. Pastor Philip's uh, domain. Mm-hmm. But I'm in charge of Calabarzon, going uh-huh. there, south. Yeah, because Laguna and... Right. Exactly. So that's how I got involved with that. And, uh, you know, it, I was, it, it, was, it was really amazing because uh, one, one thing led to another until I was, I was sent to the U.S., you know, to attend the actual summit and become mm-hmm. part of the official... Uh, core. core, you know, so it is amazing. It's all by grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By God's grace. Mm-hmm. So, what, in a nutshell, Pastor, what is uh, GLS or Global Leadership Summit all about? And if you could also include your um, advo- advocacy and your core beliefs. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, it's all about leadership development and it's uh, basically a movement, okay? It's, um, okay, so to give you an idea, the Global Leadership Summit happens in Chicago mm-hmm. once a year around August. Okay, it's a two-day summit, mm-hmm. and uh, it is basically uh, simulcast, you know, throughout North America during that time. Uh, and then after August, okay, all the different delegates from different countries, we get our instructions and everything, and then we go out into our different countries. We're now, how many countries right now? So I forgot to count that. But we're all over the world, mm-hmm. okay? One is the Philippines, so we have a delegation from the Philippines, and then we figure out how we can now create or recreate the same experience without, of course, the live speakers, because that would be too, you know, we cannot really afford those speakers. <laughs> so what we have is a high-definition video. It's a video cast. Mm. But we create a similar experience as far as we can do it uh, so that people can actually experience GLS, the GLS mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. Uh, in their own, uh, you know, context. Mm-hmm. And so it, this happens around the world from uh, September until March the following year. It's that long. Right. Yeah, it's uh, several sites, different different places, oh, okay? okay. So right. those are two-day summits, okay? This, oh. These are two-day summits occurring in different places uh, throughout the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's a movement because there are a lot of things going on also, like, you know, miniature this, miniature that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all about leadership. It's all about encouraging people to become more aware of the value of leadership mm-hmm. and how that should be... That should not be left to chance. Like you know, hey, are you lead- are you a leader? You know, yeah, so okay, yeah, so yeah. fine. But it's more like intentionally pursuing it. Like okay, let's develop more leaders, and then the leaders who are already there, let's develop them further. Let's mm-hmm. even the senior leaders need to understand how they can improve. Because mm-hmm. in my experience, most of those who resist, you know, the GLS are the older ones. Like you know, hey, I've been there, done that. You know, so I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Only the younger ones are actually interested. Um, which is good because at least they, they are willing to learn mm-hmm. from the older ones. But it's also sad because the older ones are saying, hey, you know, I'll just send my dad, I'll just send my junior leaders there. Okay, so, and as you well know, a person may join an organization because of its vision, but eventually they will leave because of the leaders. Right, right. Because if the leader is, you know, insecure and all those mm-hmm. problems there, even a good talent will leave a good church mm-hmm. if the leaders are bad. 
or any organization. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Any organization for that matter. Yeah. Do you have any upcoming events? And if you do, can you just? I'm sure our listeners are very interested, and they would want to like get a picture of what happens in in a GLS summit. Well, in the GLS summit, usually we have uh, four sessions. You know, okay, two in the morning, two in the afternoon, and mm-hmm. for two days. Mm-hmm. And these are power-packed uh, talks, you know, and uh, we provide people with notebooks, you know, and with materials, worksheets. And they listen to this uh, faculty, and they're not necessarily what you call this Christian, okay? Uh-huh. Because uh, Bill Hybels, the founder of GLS, believes that we can all learn uh, leadership from everyone, all right? Yeah. From the business sector, the marketplace, mm-hmm. we can learn from them, and they can learn from us, <laughs> And that's what attracted me to the GLS because it's not, you know, narrow-minded, you know, like all Christians talking about something and let's not listen to anybody else. So you have this uh, faculty of world-class uh, leaders talking about different aspects of leadership and, and not necessarily from a spiritual tone, you know, okay? And that's important for the listeners to understand because you might think, okay, going to a GLS, there must be, you know, it, everything must be spiritual. Some of the faculties are, are I think, we even have faculty that they would say, actually, I'm still journeying toward the Lord. I don't know the Lord. And so it's okay. And Bill Ibos would always say at the beginning of the GLS, hey, you know, uh, without enough humility, we can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of uh, atmosphere that you'll find in the GLS. Different kinds of leaders mm-hmm. uh, from different walks, you know. Uh, I, I see people from the marketplace, from, you know, from entertainment, from all, all walks coming to the GLS to learn. Mm-hmm. And so you have these two days of just talking leadership, you know. It's like leadership. everything in the air is leadership. So it's just amazing. It just empowers you, encourages you. After the two days, you, you want to go back and say, okay, let's do this again, you know. Let's just figure it out, okay. So, so every year, it, you tackle a different topic about yes. leadership. So y- you don't recycle because people would say, I'm ah, no. there, so I don't attend. <laughs> so it's always a different topic. Right. A, a, not, not a topic, but a theme. A theme uh, yes. and in fact, I wouldn't even, even say a theme. Like uh, what happens is that uh, when we go to the summit in the U.S., for example, once a year, August, uh, nobody tells us like, hey, you know, this year it's going to be servant leadership or hey, this year it's going to be management, you know. Mm-hmm. We kind of figure it out while we're there, like, well, there seems to be a theme here, you know, so they don't really... They don't feed it. They, they don't yeah. feed it to you. Right. But they select the best that they could find, like Marcus Buckingham, you know, uh, Patrick Lenshoni, you know, speakers that... Yeah, anyway, these are the, the gurus of leadership, okay? These are the people that you'd like to listen to when leadership is being talked about. But, Pastor, you still contextualize everything. When, when you talk about leadership and... Of course, you have majority of the attendees would be, for sure, like people from the, the academe or the, the church. Mm-hmm. Do you still context- contextualize everything in light of the gospel? Do you present the gospel when you have, like, GLS? Of course, we are unashamedly Christian, you know. We don't, we don't hide we that. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't hide that. Okay. We, we tell them we're Christians. I'm a pastor, so I don't hide that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you see, the main difference between the GLS in the countries compared to the GLS in the U.S., mm-hmm. Is that in the GLS in the U.S. Uh, you know setting? Uh, it's very fast. There are lots of a lot of content. Mm-hmm. There very little time to actually process it. So in the countries like the Philippines, we actually give people time, the gift of time, mm-hmm. to just facilitate, uh, to, to just work it out, process it. You know, mm-hmm. in groups and or individually. Mm-hmm. And because I'm the facilitator, also I'm the host. Okay, <laughs> the MC. I think I'm everybody. I need, I need to give my job to somebody yes. else. But anyway, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> 
because I'm I'm the one at, on the on stage, all right. So I filter, I you know mix in you know the word of God there all throughout, without sounding offensive to those who are not yet uh, in the faith. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you've been talking about leadership. What is your definition, or what is the Bible's definition of a leader? Well, first of all, the second question that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think we can all agree with that. Uh, but for me personally, uh, in my own understanding of leadership, leadership is, um, you know, uh, developing, okay, and earning and leveraging the, your credibility, okay, to do something for the common good. Hmm. So it's uh, because credibility is what you use for influence, mm-hmm. right? Without credibility, you cannot influence anybody. Mm-hmm. So you have to earn that, you have to develop that and nurture that, and you have to guard it. And then you have to leverage it and use it well for the common good. Not for yourself, not for you to, for you to accomplish anything, you know, for your selfish goal. But use it for the common good. And that's what leadership is. When people are becoming better and their lives are becoming better and the whole situation is becoming better. <laughs> yeah, that's leadership. There is good leadership. If something is getting worse, you know, you know if you're driving down the EDSA and things are becoming worse, there's leadership. There's a leadership issue there, okay? Yes. <laughs> I can just laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, you're. So you mean? Is it always the leader who is at fault, or it could be that the members are also not participating or not cooperating, mm. not contributing to the group's effort? Well, notice I I use the word leadership. I did not use leader. Uh-huh. Because when you speak about leadership, yeah, you're talking about both the leader as well as the followers mm. working together to accomplish mm-hmm. the common good. Mm-hmm. And so leadership is that particular dynamic wherein the leader is able, by his, through his credibility that he has earned, mm-hmm. uh, in which the followers have entrusted to him, you know, yes. they work together well, to bring about this common good. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it's not totally just the leader's fault. Yes. There are times when the followers you know, are not also educated about followership, <laughs> if I may use that <laughs> word. So, uh, yeah, it's a two-way thing. Two-way street. Yeah, two-way street. So how do you define success then? If you're talking about the leader, uh, everything in context of the leadership part, the leadership role, mm-hmm. how do you define success now? Well, success, of course, it, it depends on uh, every. You know, it's a different. Uh, every situation uh, it has a different. Uh, you know, context. But basically, in general, mm-hmm. success is when you, as a leader, uh, if you can use your credibility to bring about, you know, a situation that that is point A. And you bring it to point B, which is a better situation. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you have successfully done that. Mm-hmm. And you did not drag the people toward that. Mm. Drag uh, people yeah. <laughs> yeah. But instead, you work together so that now it's no longer A, mm-hmm. now it's B. Mm-hmm. And B is a better situation for everybody. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, Pastor, we've been talking about um, your church, mm-hmm. your ministry, which is a Global Leadership Summit. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about your personal life. Sure, yeah. So Love life or what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you've been juggling so many things, mm-hmm. so many responsibilities. How do you manage your family life? I'm very curious. Well, first of all, uh, my, my wife, my family is really with me uh, in these things, okay? For example, as a church, uh, my wife is a pastor as well. So uh, we're together. It's not like she has a different job and I have a different job. So How many kids do you have? Bob? I have two sons, uh-huh. uh, John David and Joseph Emmanuel. Hi, hello, if you're listening. Hi, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so my wife is with me there. And my wife is also with me in the GLS. Mm-hmm. 
she also has a role. She right? has also a role. So we're basically talking to each other all the time, you know, wow. uh, about, you know, sometimes conf- confusing because are we talking about family or are we talking about GLS? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so that's, a, it's not really juggling. It's more like a life though, as we have as a family. We're all serving together and uh, even my sons are part of, you know, they have roles as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's a family thing. It's a family. So, yeah. It's like they understand your role, and mm-hmm. that sometimes if you're busy or you can't go to a family affair. Well, I, I try to prioritize that. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, skip those things, uh, unless like uh, it's it really it's really impossible. You know, if it's really impossible, I tell them, "Hey guys, I don't think I can. Yeah, I cannot make it." But that's very seldom. You know, in most situations, if somebody asks me for an appointment, I check my calendar. If family is there, I say, "Yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> family is there." You know, that's nice. That's mm-hmm. nice to establish because mm-hmm. uh, you know most of the men they kind of okay later na kayo, you're just family. Then they prioritize work or church. Again, that's a a leadership thing. That's a leadership thing because a person who does that does not understand leadership. Mm -hmm. So it has to start. Yeah. You know, credibility has has different components, one of which is character, Hmm. a very essential component of uh, credibility. Mm -hmm. And character means not just what I say, it's what I do Mm -hmm. and how I live my life. So, uh, you know, how can I have credibility if people look at me and look at my family life and my relationships and stay and, you neglect them. and I neglect them? Mm-hmm. So how could I possibly influence anyone? Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Okay, we, I asked you about your, your testimony earlier. If you could look back to yourself, your 20-year-old self, what mm-hmm. would you tell your 20-year-old, 20-year-old self? Well, first of all, that's how many decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> my 20 year old yeah, self what would you tell yourself your 20 year old self if you were standing right in front of your 20 year old self what would you tell him well I would I would say um, don't give up you might be messed up but don't give up oi messed up don't uh-uh. give up yeah because okay. you know sometimes the reason why we're messed up is because we're not looking up it's because we're not trusting in the one who can make things better for us. We are just looking, uh, you know, at the horizontal level. Mm-hmm. I, for me, Christianity is all about following someone who knows how to make life work. Mm-hmm. And his name is Jesus. It's not just making a transaction, you know, making sure that I don't go to hell. Yeah, Christianity for me is, you know, l- trusting the one, Jesus, who knows what life really means and how it works out in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it's making that choice, okay, I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to follow you. Mm-hmm. I may not know everything, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I'm trusting you. So basically, it's a day-to-day walk of listening, of trying to understand, and sometimes even debating, you know, like, Lord, are you sure you're going to do this? <laughs> it's a conversation. It's a, yeah, it's an ongoing relationship. Yeah. How did you make that jump from being all into drugs and just being all for Jesus? Very interesting. Well, uh, like I said, it's all by the grace of God. But, uh, you know, I I just saw this testimony in 700 Club of a guy who was going through the same thing or who went through the same thing, Mm -hmm. and his life was changed. And I I got attracted with that. I said, if that works for him, I need this, you know. So that started me on the journey. But it was not like overnight uh, I got rid of everything, you know. it's In fact, uh, for about four years, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from... I, I got I received the Lord in 1982. From 80, 84 to about 88, I basically messed up again. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was long. In, I mean, <laughs> I didn't understand how that worked. Uh, okay, but in 88, I got back and I said, okay, uh, I've been there, done that. I know how life is. So I'm not going to go back there. Mm-hmm. 
So I said, Lord, you know, uh, if you're going to use me. In fact, I, was, I never thought I'll be a pastor, no, to be honest. <laughs> I said to the Lord, Lord, if you want to use me, I can be a janitor, you know, or anything. Uh, and God has a sense of humor. He made me a pastor. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pastor ito, Tagalog tayo. Because sure, sige po. Because we know that there are a lot of people who are drinking Okay. We know that. Mm-hmm. And that's, ano yun, it's a fact here in sure. society. Sure. So, if you were given the chance to talk to them, or not, right now, mm-hmm. you could actually address them, mm-hmm. talk to them, like, what would you tell them? Well, you know, uh, on drugs or anything, actually, for that matter, no, it, it's really idolatry. And it's, it's really a way of fulfilling, uh, really, you know, God-given desires. Meron tayong mga desires. Eh? We desire for intimacy. We desire for importance. or significance, rather. Mm-hmm. Meron tayong mga desire. And, and Satan basically is saying, hey, look, you know, you can uh, meet these desires. You know, just follow me this way, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, just do drugs or alcohol or, or you know, sexual you know, escapades, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's all based on the idea and uh, Satan is deceiving you and lying, telling you that you need more, which is legitimate. Mm-hmm. It's a God-given need. God created you to have that kind of need. Mm-hmm. For example, God gave you the need to be loved, you know, and, and the need to love. You know, those are God-given needs. Exactly. They, they are valid. Kailang, you know, sabi ni Satan, well, if you want that to be fulfilled, you know, it's the desert temptation, if you remember that. In, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like, yeah, good, you know, just follow me, I'll give you this, you know. So go into this direction, get into a homosexual relationship, go into mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and just do it, and I'll give you whatever it is that you want. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially what it is. Trying to fulfill God-given desires inside of you in a way that is not legitimate, in a way that is a shortcut. Mm-hmm. You know, and God wants you to have that. Basically, Satan is saying, God is not going to give you that. You know, look, he, mm-hmm. he's taking a long time. You know, mm-hmm. help yourself. Okay. So it's putting God in a bad light. You know, and we hear this message all everywhere around us that, uh, you know, God can be trusted with my needs, mm-hmm. which is wrong. You know, mm-hmm. God can. And sometimes the way he, he will give you your need is not the way you want it to be given to you. Okay. So for me, you know, for a long time, I've been through many relationships. And before I found my wife, I got hurt so many times. Mm-hmm. And because I was working it out on my own. Mm-hmm. And, and God just taught me, if you trust me, you know, I'll work it out for you. And I'll show you a better life. And so I trusted him. Mm-hmm. And so it took a while. I was already 30 years old when I got married. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm happy that I waited that long because <laughs> then I would not have found my wife. You know, I could have really messed up everything, but God was so good. And he said, you know, bong, that won't work out. Mm-hmm. Your way is not my way. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So basically, kung ikaw ay na, nalululun sa droga, yeah. na, okay, balik sa Tagalog. Tagalog yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, ano po ang masasabi ninyo? Sabihin ko lang na, you know, tindihin mo na fulfill mo. Ano yung need na gusto mo ma-fulfill o matupad, okay? And, and just understand, and, and, and once you identify that, you know, it's good for you to find a counselor and say, you know, I have this need kasi I feel na parang hindi ako mahalaga, hindi ako importante. Paano kung nahihiya silang pumunta sa counselor? Again, we go back to the nature of the church. Kasi problema talaga ng church yan eh. Kasi the church sometimes is a place na hindi talaga for you to find direction and healing. It's more like attendance kind of thing, you know, present ka dyan. Notice mo, in a lot of churches, uh, there are people there who are hurting, pero hindi naman doon nakafocus eh. Nakafocus na, okay, kailangan maraming tao nakikilig sa akin para nagpipreach ako. I feel a sense of parang fulfillment personally. Parang, wow, daming tao. You know? And so the more people there are... Hindi pa nagkaroon ng problema. Pag nagkaroon, let's say, ng case na merong isang mananampalataya na nagkakasala, right? 
So, ang tendency, imbis na tingnan mo yun na parang, wow, this is it. This is exactly why we exist. <laughs> let's face this. Instead, yung gagawin, naku, itago mo yan, yung problem na yan. You know, or, you know, let's let's remove that person from our vicinity kasi he's contaminating the holiness of the church. But in fact, hey, you know, that's the reason why the church exists in the first place. Okay, well, yeah. There is that problem, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Pero mm-hmm. if you're, kung ngayon nakikinig yung taong yun na mm-hmm. nagsa-struggle sa drugs, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, paano siya lalabas doon? Because hindi ko alam how it is to be addicted, but uh, paano siya Don't lalabas? try, don't try. No, no, no plans. <laughs> pa- pa- paano siya lalabas doon? Kasi doon parang feeling uh, na he's trapped. Siguro, ang masasabi ko lang talaga doon is that you you pray. And you, you just, uh, you know, trust God in the, at the level na kaya mo. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know everything. You see, faith is like that. Eh. Faith is not parang, oh, I know everything, I'm sure of everything, so I trust. Hindi. Faith is more parang, I have this little information. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I'm willing to take, uh, uh, you know, and trust, yeah, trust is basically taking a risk. Yes. Right? That's what trust is. I'm willing to take a risk. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, okay, don't try to find all the answers in the world. Mm-hmm. What little, you know, Go there, okay? And then God is a, a God who can be trusted. And if, if you begin to just follow Him with little information, He'll give you more. And eventually you'll begin to understand, ah, so I see, this is how it works. So He would encourage you even more. Okay? Because it's a step-by-step kind of thing. Mm-hmm. One step at a time. One step at a time, oh. You cannot really, even the disciples did not figure it out everything. You know, the Gospels, they don't, yeah, they were still confused at the, even at the end. Oh. And it was Jesus they were walking with. Because oh, sometimes it's more cognitive than Christianity, right? Uh, in many churches, more like, parang, okay, I will pour into your head all the doctrines that you have in your head. Okay? Well, you know, doctrines don't do that. You know, in fact, it just overwhelms you until, until finally you feel that, wow, I can't even say it, you know? No, no, no. In fact, if you read the scriptures, what you find is even the Apostle Paul does not focus on doctrines per se. Mm-hmm. He says, he, instead, he deals with the situations and then he applies theology there. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, you're going right through... Theology yeah, pastor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's just talk about, let's gospelize this. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk gospel about this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever situation that is. If you New Testament, you can see it. Every situation, every problem is gospelized. It's true. Pastor, we're running out of time. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I would like to ask, what is your life verse? Well, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The very familiar one is uh, Jeremiah 29.11, of course. I hate it because everybody wants that to be their you know, life verse. But it is for me, you know, uh, that God has a, a plan, you know, a wonderful plan for my life. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's Jeremiah 29.11.